This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Getting you ready for a college football Saturday. This is BetQLU with RJ Choppy and Jeffrey Wright. Welcome, welcome, welcome to BetQLU. As the introduction suggests, my name is Jeffrey Wright. I'm the host of the Gene Otto and Jeffrey Show here in Memphis, Tennessee, weekdays from two until four. You can follow me on Twitter at jwright 929 espn My co-host is RJ Choppy, of course, the co-host of Shannon RJ, Monday through Friday, 5.30 till 10 a.m. on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. He's on Twitter at RJ Choppy. RJ, you blink and football season is over. We're coming down the pipe. We got two weeks of regular season left as well as championship week. What have you made of it so far? Man, it, I was just thinking today, like, it was just July. It was literally yeah. just July, and now all of a sudden, here we are. Uh, we're sitting at, uh, oh, boy, I don't know, Thanksgiving week is right here. So, uh, <laughs> what have I made so far this season? I don't know that I remember a year where there is just one team and then everyone else. Like, there's always been, like, Clemson's always given us that, well, what if? You know, and, and I have not seen that what if this year. I've seen it a little bit from Alabama, but then I've seen some inconsistency. I've seen a little inconsistency from Ohio State, but then I've also seen it from them. It's really been Georgia and everybody else this year. Yeah, to your point, I mean, you know, I kind of think back. It did feel like last year was Alabama and everyone else, but there was still the threat of Ohio State. There was the threat of, as you mentioned, Clemson. And even in 2019, where LSU felt inevitable, you still in the back of your mind, I mean, the championship game spread, I think, was like six. And you still in the back of your mind thought, yeah, I mean, Trevor Lawrence, if someone's going to do it, they can. And it didn't feel like there was this massive, massive gap. I think the thing that's interesting for me, as I look into this weekend slate, we got some great games. And I don't yeah. get me wrong. I do, I do not want it to seem as if I'm not excited for it. But it felt. And maybe it felt to me like the college football playoff rankings maybe set the tone for the week in that you didn't really have a whole lot of shakeups. You didn't really have a whole lot of surprises. And it feels like we're kind of on this crash course into next week. And this week kind of feels like a holdover week to me. I I'm curious to know if you feel the same or maybe I'm just kind of projecting how I feel about the game. Uh, no, I, I do think there's a holdover week here. I mean, look, there's a lot of. There's a lot of games that are, you know, like A&M is playing Prairie View A&M this week. You know, and, you know, the guys that I do, uh, you know, that I work with at the radio station here in Dallas are like, they're, you know, they're not huge college football fans. They're like, why are we doing this the week, the week before Thanksgiving? And I'm that's what the SEC does, man. It's like every year. <laughs> we do the same thing every year. Uh, yeah, I do think this kind of like got one of those filler episodes. You know, you watch yeah. those TV shows, it's got a filler episode. Uh, and, and I think that's what this might be. That doesn't mean that we're without good games. I mean, we have a Michigan State-Ohio State game. But, you know, 
that that game right there is going to take care of a lot of answers. It's going to answer a lot of questions for us uh, throughout the rest of the season. It's going to give us an opportunity to have a little bit more clarity. But is it? Because, you know, we could see something happen in the Big 12 title game. I'm sorry, the Big 10 title game, which screws the whole thing up. Yeah, I mean, I take a look at this weekend. While I don't think Ohio State's going to lose, I certainly don't think this Ohio State team is invincible. And then I look at it this way, RJ. I don't think this scenario is likely, but what do you think happens in this scenario? Let's say Michigan State pulls it off and they're able to run the football on Ohio State and and they pull off the massive upset. And then next week, I actually think this Michigan team has the best chance of beating Ohio State that we've seen. Let's say they pull it off. Now you've got Michigan State headed to the Big Ten title game because of the head-to-head. Michigan would be sitting there at 11-1, and ranked ahead in the (laughs) – ranked ahead in the college football playoff yeah. ranking. And then most likely Michigan state is headed to the big 10 title game to play Wisconsin. And I feel like Wisconsin is a team that has been getting better. Like, I really think that there is not only the chance for not only the chance for the big 10 to actually get two teams in, in that scenario. I also think there's a chance they get it. No teams in, in that scenario, because yeah. I think yeah. it's very possible that Wisconsin could beat Michigan state. Like it does still feel like, we have some questions and uncertainty and it's just kind of leaving. I feel like you've noticed, even I feel like the outrage has, has toned down because as we told anyone that would listen for the first week, the rankings came out, like there's a lot of games to play. These things typically sort themselves out, but I don't know. Like that's just kind of where I see it, it feels like we still have maybe some chaos looming. Yeah. Oh, we might, you know, and and the the, the the early rankings, we all know they never finished that way. So the things were going to change up uh, on us with the ranking system. But, yeah, I could easily see some chaos in the Big Ten. Uh, the Big 12 is, you know, cannibalized itself uh, as we speak, basically on the daily is what they're doing. And then you got a couple of teams in the SEC that have a chance, and then the rest of the conference, you know, doesn't. Uh, I suppose there's a uh, an avenue for, like, an A&M to still get there. Uh, but they've got to win out. Bama's got to lose to Auburn. So A&M sneaks into the conference championship game and then beats Georgia. I suppose there's an avenue, right? But there's yeah, not. I th- well, no, I think A&M's dead now because yeah, they you lost know what? Right. the Ole Miss They're loss. Dead. I think I don't think they have a path, but, I mean, I think had they beaten Ole Miss, I, I think they would have. But, I mean, I still think there's a path for Alabama even to lose the championship game and still get in. And, you know, you bring up the Big 12, and I think this is what's fascinating as we move forward. We finally see Oklahoma take the loss. They've been flirting with it all year, all year. Am I insane for still thinking there's still a path for them? Like, if they went out and then they're either going to have to play Oklahoma State again, Baylor again, you know, you get the the rematch, then you can absolve that loss. I still feel like there's still a path for Oklahoma. You know, there's a path for Oklahoma because they're Oklahoma in part. You know, there's, there's, there's a name recognition to them. Just like there's a pet, you know, just like, I mean, just, just take any team. Take like a Notre Dame. A one-loss Notre Dame team is always going to have a path. You oh, know, don't. They, they, I, I definitely took notice this week yet again. Yeah. Barta making reference to what a strength of schedule Notre Dame has. And I was like, oh, my God, are they going to do it? Are they going to do it? Gonna are they going to leave? Are they going to pass them over Cincinnati? Well, I, I don't know they can do that. Like, can, can they really get away with it? That- Sounds like a challenge. Yeah, that sounds like a challenge. I'm challenging them. Try it. Go ahead. Try it. You can't do that. I, I know where they do this. They they do these committee meetings 
like 10 minutes from me. I, they're right down the street here. Like, I, I, I'll stand outside. I, I know I got a, 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 a cloverleaf hat on right now. This is not a Notre Dame hat, boys and girls. This is a, this is a golf hat. Uh, but this is not a Notre Dame thing. I know, I know where they're doing these meetings from. There's no way they'll get out of there. There will be boycotts and pickets outside if they leapfrog Notre Dame over Cincinnati. Let's hear what Kirk Herbstreet thinks about Cincinnati's path because I thought he had some interesting comments as well. Cincinnati is not a like a lock or a foregone conclusion right. because they're at five. If a team tri- trips up in front of them, whether it's Oregon or Alabama or Ohio State, it's not a, it's not an assumption that they'll be in the top four. I, mean, you know, I find myself agreeing with him because think about this. Well, first off, I still think either SMU or Houston can pick them off. And if they lose, I, I think this conversation's over with. But I completely agree with you. There's no question the Notre Dame win is one of the five best wins, I think, of the year. But after that, RJ, what does Cincinnati really have? I mean, uh, you know, they're, they're winning in the American, but most people assume they're kind of are, are operating under the assumption the American is down this year. What is their next best win? Uh, Notre Dame and then Indiana. And it's Indiana's like what's eight. sitting here at what? Two and two ten? Yeah, like yeah. Yeah, no, I know. But it's a road win against a power five team. No, there's no question. You know, who who has or had time, you know, like the there were there was intrigue in Indiana. You know, Indiana got a good year. You know, their their quarterback's not bad. Um, there there's some intrigue there, but they've had and they've fallen on very very hard times. But that's probably their second best win. I mean, let's be real. Now Houston will eventually be their best win behind Notre Dame, right? If they wind up doing getting that game. But yeah, I mean, uh, it, I think their 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 next three weeks are their chances because I think you know even if they beat SMU, whose coach is probably likely headed across the street. It's still a good win, but, you know, I mean, we are like there is kind of this element of I think we like the idea of Cincinnati more than we actually like the football team Cincinnati this year, because 100 percent. This this just has vibes of 2018 UCF, where the 2017, the 2017 team goes undefeated. They get left out. They kind of get screwed. The 2018 team, when you watch them, they were undefeated. And metrically on paper, they were pretty much the exact same team. But when you watch Cincinnati this year, like I just don't think their defense is as good, and I don't think they're as good up front on the offensive line. And I think that stuff matters because, as we've talked about, it, it's not fair that they get nitpicked the way that they do. But like I do think if you're going to put the Cincinnati team in, they have to just blow you away with eye test, and they're not doing that. They haven't. They've, they've, they've lost their chance to blow you away with eye test. They had opportunities to do that, and they failed. And they're going to make a lot of us, you know, look dumb for, for kind of standing up for the little guy this entire year. Uh, but, you know, it, it is what it is when it comes to Cincinnati. They had their chance, and they didn't make the most of it. Now, they still won the game. That's the most important thing. At the end of the day, when you win, you can still survive. You can survive. You can survive any win. Any win. Now, Cincinnati cannot survive a loss because their their conference just isn't good enough for that. So, look, would it stun me if they get left out? No. Would it stun me if they were undefeated and a one-loss Notre Dame team jumped them? That would that would not only stun me, that would anger me. It really would. 
if that gets us to the 12-team playoff more quickly, I'm all for it. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, in the end, in the end, it's a television show. And so, if it gets me, like, I'm I'm 100% sold on the idea. I would much rather have the BCS system than the system that we have right now. Like, this, I would it feels like it's watered everything down. Like, these, you know, we used to have, you know, the BCS bowl games, it felt like it meant something. You know, you've got an Ole Miss team here that likely could go 10-2 and two and honestly play in one of the biggest bowl games ever, and yet you're sitting there thinking, like, are they even going to play their guys? Like, is Matt Corral going to play yeah. that game? Like, and, and this used to be a much bigger thing. To me, like, if it gets us to the 12-team playoff, I'm all for whatever that is because I think this month, even this week, like the way that I feel about this week where it feels like it's kind of like we're in like a holding pattern and, and we're just waiting and circling, you know, circling around waiting to land. This week could be massive if, if we're a 12-team playoff because a lot of these games would have implications and, you know, essentially focus as a play-in game for a lot of teams. And, you know, I, I look at Oregon and Utah. Well, now it's, it feels like Oregon is just very much in survival mode. Like, it does not matter how they win anymore. It is do they finish with one more point than their opponent. But this could be an opportunity for Utah, who stubbed their toe early in the season. They could be looking for a chance to play their way back into the playoff. And yet, you know, now it feels like the best that they can hope for is knock Oregon out and then, you know, just have the Pac-12 do what the Pac-12 does, which is eh, just eat itself and then make sure that they don't have a chance to get in. Right. There, there you go. You know, I uh, I go back and forth with the playoff because, you know, I'd like I'd like the idea of the playoff, but at the same time, I don't like the idea, and this is why I've I've always been hot and cold on conference championship games. I don't like the idea that you got to beat the same team twice. Yeah, you know, uh, that ain't the college football. Especially, I and I know like they can't really predict it, but like Oregon and Utah having to play twice in three weeks, like that, that kind of takes the luster out. Yeah, it does. You know, LSU when they lost Alabama in the championship game. Well, they already beat Alabama. They, they don't, they shouldn't need to prove that they could beat Alabama twice in the season on the road, <laughs> on the road, on the road. The same thing happened. You know, when I was in college uh, in 2001, we beat LSU, go to the SC championship game, lose to LSU. Well, we already beat yep. them. We are, what do we need to beat them again? You know, I don't like rematches. I'm not a fan of rematches. Um, now at the same time, <laughs> I'm going to contradict myself here. Because I don't think beating a team head-to-head necessarily means you're the better team. Everyone's losing their mind that Michigan's ahead of Michigan State. You know, styles make fights. So, but at the same time, if you're going to have a ranking like that, what's the point in playing the game? What's the point in having the Why did we just watch? Why did I waste five hours watching that game if it's not going to mean anything? Well, RJ, as you heard Gary Barta say, you know, yards per play, Michigan's better than Michigan State. I mean, every metric suggests right. it. I mean, if you just take away the game and just look strictly at the numbers, there's no question Michigan's better. That's right. Look, I'm a numbers guy. I'll always, I'll always pound the numbers. Well, I just found myself loving that. It's yeah. like, okay, I'm like you. I'm a numbers guy. I pay attention yeah. to them. The games do have to matter. <laughs> they got to matter a little bit. Like it, this, gotta, it's the point of the up. sport. <laughs> yeah, it's the whole point, man. Like they're not they're not getting billions of dollars here uh, for for people to watch these games because they don't count. If you wanted to watch a game that doesn't count, turn the NBA on. Oh, especially right now, November oh, NBA. Oh, oh, or go to a yeah. June baseball game. You know, you oh, yeah. that doesn't count. Go to a game in June in in in, in, in Atlanta or St. Louis or wherever. It doesn't count. 
Oh man, there's nothing like that dog. When you get the the number six starter because the your number five got hurt and you got it's 107 degrees early. outside. It's brutal. Oh yeah. Oh man, it's terrible. Coming up next, we'll get into the big games of the weekend. Plus, we will find out who is on upset alert. He's RJ Choppy. I'm Jeffrey Wright. This is Beck QLU. From tailgates to rushing the field, on Saturday, it's BetQLU in the action. From noon to 8 Eastern, available on BetQL and the Odyssey app. BetQLU, I'm Jeffrey Wright. He's our RJ Choppy. RJ, let's get into... Right. On one hand, 19 points feels like it's a little insulting to Michigan State, who's been tremendous against the number this year. But then on the other side, I've also watched Michigan State secondary... And Ohio State feels like they could have a field day on them. When you look at this matchup, kind of what are your thoughts as we head into it? Man, my, the first thing that stood out to me was, are, wait, ha, they're by how many? They're favored 19. by? 19. And then, and then I was like, what? How? how? This, is, this is not four versus 17. This is four versus seven. And, and I didn't understand how that was a 19-point spread. Uh and then I realized, well, wait a second. Do they, does anybody really think Michigan State's going to run the ball on them the way they ran it on Michigan the fourth quarter uh, of that game? Does anybody think that they're going to just you know, dominate that line of scrimmage like they did? Um, but I, 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 would, I would be very disappointed if four versus seven turned into a blowout. You know, I, and, and a 20-point game is a blowout. You know, even if it's close, at times it's a blowout. So I, I don't understand how this line is that big. I mean, I, 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 I think some of it has to do with, you know, the, the Vegas is you know playing to the fact that Ohio State's got a ton of people that watch it, and they're gonna just bet Ohio State because it's Ohio State. But man, I, I'm pretty surprised by that number. Yeah, I think what we've seen mostly this year is. Point spreads have really reflected power ratings. And I think when they take a look at this number, they look at, you know, one of the 10 worst pass defenses in all the country in Michigan State. And then I think you're right. I think there's also a little Ohio State tax baked in there. But this is one of those ones that even if you take the 19 points, it feels like you're just going to be biting your nails the whole time. And I mean, we saw what Ohio State did to Purdue last week and then we saw what Purdue did to Michigan State and, and again you can't play transitive property football but I, I just it's one of those ones where I actually am leaning towards the under in this one because I think everyone on the planet is taking the over and I could be the idiot sitting there going at halftime like what was I doing like I, this very much could be like the Purdue Ohio State game last week if you took the under where you knew you were dead at the half and there's very yeah. much that possibility I'm curious to get your thoughts so Cincinnati is playing SMU at home SMU's catching 11. SMU feels like they're in this weird spot where Sonny Dykes feels like he's got one foot out the door. But I thought they gave a complete full effort last week against UCF, and they really kind of impressed me, kind of getting back on track. Do you think SMU can make Cincinnati feel awkward? Yes. I think everybody can make Cincinnati feel awkward right now. Um, you know, even though they had a really good, you know, they had a good victory last week, um, you know, they have not put it together. Uh, since that Notre Dame game, it's been like letdown after letdown after letdown. So I do think SMU is a – I'm not going to call them a live dog, 
But, you know, there's only one. I'm going to say there's only one quarterback on this field that's a pro prospect. Yes, and it's not Desmond Ritter. (laughs) Right. Now, now Desmond might make the NFL, but he's going to make the NFL in the same kind of way that Mason Rudolph made made the NFL. Right. Felipe Franks is in the NFL. Yeah. Right. It's, it's so let, let's as, not, like, as we as we learned again last night. Yeah, as we learned again last night. Uh, so there's a difference between making the NFL and then being an NFL prospect. Tanner Mordecai is an NFL prospect. Now he's not going to be a first round pick probably, but he's a legit. Okay, if this guy turns out to be a serviceable starter, yeah, I could buy that. Uh, and, and that's to me the great equalizer in, in this sport. The best quarterback wins far more often than he loses. Uh, now, in college, that isn't as prevalent as it is in the NFL because you got stacked rosters and, uh, you know, there's no salary cap really. Uh, so it, it's a little different, but give me the better quarterback. I'm going to find ways to win more games than not. All right, let's get into upset alert. Upset alert. All right, RJ, I'm going to uh, – maybe I'm the idiot. Maybe I'm taking this trap. I got Oregon plus 135 at Utah. It's another one of those situations that we've talked about all year where we don't understand if it really is an upset if the number three team in the country ends up getting beat by the number 24 team on the road. But I got Oregon catching points here. I think Oregon, I think Oregon's better. And I've watched a lot of Utah. And this does feel like one of those lines where it feels like everyone's talked themselves into Oregon losing again. Honestly, myself kind of included. This just feels like a straight numbers play that these two teams, I don't think that there's any way that Utah has proven that they are better than Oregon. I'm just going to take the value. Well, there is value. Uh, there's no doubt, and, and, and that's the key. You, know, you have the number three team in the nation getting going plus 135, 140 on the money line. Okay. All day on this one. I, I am in 100% agreement with you uh, on where you stand on this. You know, hopefully the uh, the, the fine folks, the Pac-12 and ESPN, will mm. get some better cameras for this game. Yeah, uh, sports trucks, whatever time. it is, you know. Yeah, new trucks, new cameras, mm. whatever it might be. Um, yeah, so hopefully they will, but I, I am with you on this one. I, I do, too, have an upset uh, to throw your way. All right. And I, I'm going to take – Wake Forest and put Clemson on upset alert, uh, which is odd because Wake Forest has been the top 15 team this year and, and Wake for uh, Wake has, and then Clemson hasn't been in that. And since week one, they haven't stiffed that well since week two, really. Uh, but I don't know what the, I'm going to take again, the better quarterback, Sam Hart was the better quarterback than DJ. So I'll take that. I know it's on the road. I know it's at Clemson at the other death Valley, but I don't know what I'm missing here. I don't know why this is a four-point spread. I really don't. I mean, to your point, it feels like almost every single week, Wake Forest has been a little undervalued each and every week. And you look at their offense, and if I tell you that Wake wins that game, like I'm not really all that surprised because Clemson has just kind of been meh all year. And, you know, Wake Forest is built like a BYU team. They got 26-year-olds all over the field. and it's just yeah. a big difference between a 26-year-old and a 25-year-old than these 18- and 19-year-olds. Also, Clemson loses Justin Ross. I, it's one of those games that I actually feel like the play is either take Clemson and lay the points or take 
Wake on the money line. Like, I don't yeah. really feel like this game winds up in that little four-point kind of window. It feels like Clemson's either going to kind of impose and control the game, impose their will, or Wake. I wrote down a few of these because this is an interesting spot on the calendar, as we've talked about. You've got the coaching carousel spinning, and I think it's going to be just potentially incredible. But also, there's some opportunities, I feel like, out there for a few teams that might have quit. Mizzou has been horrible. But are we sure Florida's not quit? <laughs> Mizzou plus oh. 270. Like, to me, like, that also feels like another situation. I think you either take Florida just to win by, you know, 10 to, you know, 10 to 14, somewhere in that area, or it feels like you just take Mizzou plus 270. You know, all the other coaching jobs have, have been, uh, you know, vacated at this point. Is Am I to assume Florida's hanging on to Dan Mullen, being the event they haven't fired him yet? Well, they haven't lost to Missouri, and they haven't lost to Florida State yet. I think yeah, that right, their intention. I think that their intention as of today is to bring Dan Mullen back for next year. But again, as yeah. one thing I've seen in college football, particularly in the SEC, uh, that is a week-to-week thing. It really is, and I, and I will say this: you know, Florida knows. You know, Florida's not Texas Tech. Texas Tech, Texas Tech had to get on the hiring thing quick. Okay, uh, they you know, TCU's got to do the same thing. Yeah, Florida is, for my money. The second best job in America behind Texas. Uh, I, I, it's just you don't have to get on an airplane to recruit. You'll find anybody you want without ever getting on an airplane. You got all the facilities you could possibly ask for. So maybe they don't have to be in a rush because they know that when they offer their job to somebody, it's going to get taken. It's not going to be like, well, yeah, we don't really want the job. You know, we'll, eh. nobody's staying at Cincinnati uh, or nobody's going to stay at Louisiana Lafayette. Yeah. and say no to Florida. It's just not going to happen. They will do that with other schools. I'm glad you mentioned Lafayette. We know my feelings on Hugh Freeze. I also think this is an insulting line. Louisiana Lafayette getting four and a half at Liberty. I like ULL on the money line at plus 165. I think they've got a better roster. Uh, yes, and, and their coach is fantastic. Uh, this, this, could be a, this could be one of the better coached games of the weekend. Um, yeah, I, I I was surprised when I saw this line that popped on me. I was like, "What? Like Lafayette's? A, they're they're a solid team. They're not great, but they they are a from a mid major perspective, they are about as good as it gets at the, at the mid major level." What about Iowa State? Are they a live dog at plus one forty five at OU? You know, I, I don't know what to do with trouble. Oklahoma. I week to week, I have no idea what to do with them. I think there's some trouble at Oklahoma. I don't think I don't think Lincoln's in any trouble losing his job. They don't because Stick Leone doesn't operate like that. Uh, but but there's also you know, reports Link- out there that LSU might be throwing a hundred million at him. Yeah, guys don't leave Norman, man. I'm telling you, you do not. They don't leave Norman. I've been there. It's a cool spot. It's not a great spot. It's not like Athens or anything. All right, but it's a cool spot. It's fine. But you don't leave Norman. There's no pressure there. There's Bob's Bob Stoops was like every year somebody came under Bob Stoops and he never even took an it barely took an interview. There's no pressure at Oklahoma. You're all you have to do is just win one of three games like every two years. And one of those games is the Texas game. And if you if every other year you beat Texas, they're not gonna fire you. It's it's a it's it's a it's a great job. I, I wouldn't leave. You know, you can win a title at Oklahoma just as easy as you can win with LSU. I do think the one thing that's interesting 
about this point in time that we are seeing. You know, Oklahoma's in transition to the SEC, and I'm wondering if if Lincoln Riley's sitting there going like, you know, the Oklahoma job in the Big 12 was great because, as you mentioned, I could even kind of stub my toe once a year, and as long as I win the right ones, everybody's happy. But now, you know, what if you go to Oxford and you lose to Ole Miss? What if you go to Starkville and you lose to Mississippi State? Yeah. Like, there are opportunities for some of these teams that we see in the SEC that, that are good enough to pick off some big boys every now and then. I do wonder if he's just sitting there going, you know, now might be the right time because I always know at LSU my roster's not going to be the problem. Like, I can see why he would leave, but I am very much in your corner. I think OU is one of the most underrated best jobs in America because, Great. as you mentioned, it feels like of all the big boys, a big part for me on how good a job is is what are fan expectations? And I think Oklahoma – has the most reasonable expectations from their fan base of the big boys. I think you even look at a good job like Florida. Florida, you know, they think it's national championship or bust. And there's no question it is a great job. But they've had two guys that have won national championships. And we're talking about two of the legends of the sport, Steve Spurrier and Urban Meyer. Everybody else, it's kind of been a one-contract job. it, It turns out special guys can win there, but... To me, like that is kind of a fascinating aspect is that we're going to see moving forward here in the next two or three weeks because I do think there is the opportunity for the coaching carousel just to get bananas. Yeah, you're, you're right. There is. It is a chance for it to go bananas. Um, you know, I, I just look at it like, you know, Lincoln at Oklahoma, you know, from recruiting, you know, his roster is never really going to be a problem either. I mean, he just basically gets every kid from Dallas that he wants. Uh, or, you know, he'll get kids from Texas. Like, he owns Texas, too. Um, but, you know, the interesting thing is, and you talk about the OU fan expectations, you know, Oklahoma fans have never put somebody's house up for sale. Yeah. Like they did, like they did in Alabama. Like, you know, like I, my, my, my sister went to OU. They're very, very reasonable. Yeah, it, I've, it never is, heard, it, I've never read a story of the Oklahoma coach getting a brick thrown through his window no. after a loss. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, it's, it's not like that at all. Uh, they're very calm. Uh, you know, th- this part of the country, and, and, you know, I'm three hours from Norman, three hours from Austin. Uh, this, this part of the country is not like the East Coast. It's, uh, it's more of, ah, shucks, we lost. You know, it stinks, but, you know, go get them. They don't like critical – they don't like to be critical of their team. You know, everything's upbeat and positive, and, and if they win, great. And if they lose, they're still loving them. Uh, they don't want to fire the coach. They're, they're, and and I, I find that very endearing – in 2021 in a, in a, in a, in a, in a time where we give college coaches, not even a full recruiting class, uh, you know, f- full term of recruiting classes. And we give NFL quarterbacks, you know, 11 games, like they've already canceled Tua. Tua's career is over in Miami, right? Like it's already done. Yes. It's absurd. Come on guys. Yeah. I, I, I'm with you. And especially like just in a, in a sport that is largely predicated and built upon insanity, it is refreshing sometimes when you see someone that actually has perspective and a point of view. And it's like, oh, you can do that? I, I, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you, man. It's like, you know, you know, the SEC gets all the, you know, they get all the talking points because they're always in the national championship. But that's where, that's, and we're, you know, we're both SEC country guys. It's, that's where the lunacy is. The lunacy yeah. is down there. Oh, it's what built the sport. Also, I kind of like Oregon State plus 130. I think eh, Herm Edwards might be 
very much a part of that coaching carousel. So plus 130 there. Coming up next, we'll tell you about RJ's most important game of the week. We got the head fake games. They're all coming up next. He's RJ. I'm Jeffrey. Stick around. This is Beck ULU. From tailgates to rushing the field, on Saturday, it's BetQLU in the action. From noon to 8 Eastern, available on BetQL and the Odyssey app. You're listening to BetQLU with RJ Choppy and Jeffrey Wright. I'm Jeffrey Wright. He's RJ Choppy. It's time for one of my favorite segments of the week. Let's get into the head fake game. Head fake games. Man, I struggled with this one this week. I had about 11 choices I could have made. I found some tremendous lines uh, that I think we could head fake the casinos on. What is a head fake, you might be wondering out there in uh, radio or audio land? Well, a head fake is simple. You pretend you're a betting syndicate. You're the guy or girl that goes up to the casino. You place a bet. When you place that bet, the eye in the sky takes notice because they know who you are because you win more often than not. And when you place a bet, they change the line. You place the bet, no matter what it is, they're starting to change the line because they trust that you are going to win. So we're going to take a small wager and place it a bet opposite of what we think the actual thing is the outcome is going to be. So I was looking at a couple games. I was looking at West Virginia. I think West Virginia is going to beat Texas by more than two and a half. But I want to be able to get a little bit more cushion. So I was thinking maybe take a small bet on Texas, like 10% of your bank, of your uh, normal unit, and then bam, hammer over the top West Virginia. Uh, I loved the Auburn. I loved Auburn. You know, uh, I don't care if Bo Nix isn't going to play. I don't trust South Carolina one bit. I love Oregon. Uh, so, But I'm going to go, I'm going to make it official, and I'm going to do West Virginia as my head fake game, place a small wager on Texas, Get the line from two and a half, West Virginia minus two and a half, maybe down to one. Uh, and then basically all you got to do is win, and you're at the very least pushing. Hammer West Virginia over the top. Texas can't get out of their own way. Honestly, I think the only thing that's going to keep Steve Sarkeesian employed beyond this year is the fact that the only chance that they have of getting Arch Manning is Steve Sarkeesian. That's the only chance they have. The Manning family loves him. Uh, I, but – Dude, Jeff, this is a nightmare down there in Austin. They they, uh, I mean, they don't know what is going on. No, and that game is the ultimate. It feels like you either do exactly what you're doing, which is kind of take West Virginia in blowout fashion, or it feels like Texas wins the game. And, and I can – like, that, that team's just so polarizing. But at the same time, to your point, other than just the jerseys, what makes you think Texas is going to win? Um – nothing that's kind of the nothing. problem that I, I see with them right now it's just I mean, a mess you got players that, yeah you got players filming the coaching staff for honestly in my opinion rightfully ripping into them like it, it's just thing just feels like an absolute disaster down there all right let's get into the cards did, did you see real quick did oh, you see the uh, the recruits that were mocking yeah. like what like you're 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 in the recruiting area. You're wearing the Texas shirt they gave you, and you're sitting there mocking the game at the end. That that kid's got an Applebee's commercial now. Uh, the the Kansas walk on that made yeah. the final catch. Uh, it's just like you never see recruits filming and laughing at a oh, loss. I mean, it was unbelievable. And like as you point out, like there's 
the best moment of the weekend last weekend is that the kid's parents recognize, like, I, I think that's Jake. I oh, my God, that's our kid. That was awesome. <laughs> Let me tell you something, man. I'm a parent. I could see, I could tell my kid from 300 yards away. Like, I, I know who that is. It's just like, I think that's him. Yeah. It was, all, it was his first offensive snap. It was awesome. Yeah. It was incredible. All right, let's get into the cards. The betting card. As always, I defer to you. All right, man. Thank you very much. Uh, a couple of games we've already talked about today. I like Wake Forest plus the four against Clemson. I, I just don't know what I'm missing here. You know, we've, we've overvalued Clemson for a while this year, and I think maybe that stopped for a moment, but I think we're back to overvaluing them uh, yet again. This is, you know, Wake's better than Florida State, and Clemson barely beat Florida State. I mean, they were up by six before that. We, uh, RJ, we don't talk about that game. No, we don't talk about that game. I like Oregon plus three against Utah. Um, and I would also take this money line. You know, uh, if, if you were so inclined, you get better odds. You get 135 to 140. Uh, we're just handing a loss to Oregon here, and I don't think it's fair. Like, this has been a very good football team. They had one bad half, really. Right, one bad half against Stanford. Uh, Without like their West offensive Virginia. coordinator and, I mean, honestly, yeah. one of the worst calls I've seen all year. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I like West Virginia minus two and a half against Texas. Uh, Longhorns, like I said, can't get out of their own way. A little double action here. Michigan State plus 19. And I also like the under 68 and a half, 69, depending on what you can get. I like Baylor plus one at Kansas State. I know this is tricky. K-State's not bad. They're not bad at all. And they're playing, they're playing good football at the right time. Uh, but Baylor has been nothing short of, uh, of really fantastic. You know, outside of the game against TCU, Baylor's been tremendous this year. Uh, and, and, you know, Dave Aranda has been uh, you know, tr- very good as the coach. And uh, I know McGuire uh, is now taking over at Texas tech, but he's going to finish out the year in Baylor. I like Rutgers plus 17 against Penn state. I don't think Penn State's 17 points better than air. I don't know how they're a 17, 17 point favorite there. And then Auburn minus seven and a half against South Carolina. I've seen South Carolina. They're not, they're not within seven and a half points of Auburn. I don't care who the quarterback is. And I got a quick pizza money parlay for you. We still haven't hit one yet this year. We're going to do it this week. I can feel it. Six to one. Normally it's six to one in a three team parlay. This will pay you 10 to one. Oregon money line, Baylor money line, Wake money line. Let's do it. Yeah, I, I, I don't really have a ton of argument. There's only like one, I think, that I'm on the opposite side, but we've gone through it. All right, my card is as follows. Game currently in progress, or if you're listening on Saturday, it already happened. I got the under in Houston and Memphis. When Memphis goes on the road, they kind of turtle, and they try to play the games close. I think Houston is one of those teams that if you're going to slow it down, they don't, they're, they're not afraid to play that game, and they're, they're perfectly comfortable actually playing a defensive game. Give me under 60. I'm on the under 68 and a half with you with Michigan State and Ohio State. I think Michigan State knows that they're vulnerable in the secondary, so I think they're going to drop a lot. And I think that's going to open up the opportunity for both teams to end up running it, kind of shorten the game a little bit. Give me under 68 and a half. I don't like Florida State going up to Boston College, cold weather, whatnot. Boston College has got Dracovic back. I think they're a better football team. Give me BC minus a point and a half. I'm going to take the trap. It's a BetQL five-star bet. I'm taking Clemson minus four, but we talked about it. I think the play is either take Wake money line or take Clemson to win. That's just kind of how I see the game, so I can't wait for Clemson to win by three. It's going to be awesome. 
Iowa State, Oklahoma. This is just kind of a situation, RJ, where I think Iowa State typically plays Oklahoma pretty well defensively. And I just don't think right now Oklahoma is an explosive offense. Give me under 59. I'm a little worried that I'm betting with my heart here. Give me SMU plus 11. I just think that Cincinnati's defense is not not able to kind of take games away. And like we said, I think Tanner Mordecai is going to be the best quarterback on the field. Give me the 11. I've got Louisiana Lafayette plus four and a half. I just think the number's wrong. I think Lafayette's the better team. I got UCLA minus three against USC. I'm slightly concerned that Jackson Dart is actually starting for USC because I think he's good. But with no Drake London, I just don't know how good USC's offense can be. And UCLA, we know what they are. They're a tough physical team that wants to run the ball. That has been a pretty bad matchup for USC this year. Give me Baylor, Kansas State, under 50. That game just screams both teams are going to be completely fine playing that game in the 20s. For the same reasons you like Auburn, I'm just going to take over 45. I think Auburn's going to probably get close into the 30s. I don't think South Carolina's defense is able to shut anything down. Give me over 45. South Alabama, Tennessee, I like under 62 in the game. I know there's a lot of books out there that are actually liking South Alabama. I don't have the balls to play that. I, I think Heupel is going to cover in games in which he can. I just, I, I'm a little worried about a Georgia hangover. I think that game could be a little more sleepy than people think. Give me under 62. We're both on Oregon plus three. Ole Miss unders in SEC play this year, five and one. Mm. Ole Miss has a massive game next Thursday night against Mississippi State for their first ever 10-win regular season. A chance to go to one of the New Year's six games. Their entire season rests on next Thursday night. I think that they are going to do whatever they can just to get the heck out of Oxford. Give me under 64 and a half. I don't think they're going to. If they wanted to cover the number, I think they could. I just do not think that they're going to have that mindset. I've seen Ole Miss a couple times in these kind of games where they know they have something bigger the next week. They really throttle down and get pretty vanilla. Give me Wyoming plus five and a half. It's just a situation where Utah State's playing at home. Utah State's been good to me as an underdog. I'm just not ready to trust them as a favorite yet. Give me Wyoming plus five and a half. And then give me Oregon State plus three. Oregon State at home, perfect against the number. Arizona State, I think they've got perhaps a coaching change coming. I think it's going to be more off the field related than anything. And Oregon State has really, really played hard for Jonathan Smith all year. I'll do it. I'll, I'll take the trap. Give me the plus three. Ooh. I love the card. A lot of, lot of games. It's not a usual 22-game card, though, is it? Uh, it's only a tight 15 play, but once we got into Solid. conference play, you know, I really started whittling down to, you know, 15 plays a week. You got to shrink those. You can't play 10 NFL games every week. You know, you just can't do it. No, no that's been my new secret. In the NFL window, I take one game in the noon window, one in the early, and then it's Sunday night football. I try to find one, and I, I've not had to pay the bookie. Uh, the last three weeks. So that's been a, a <laughs> normally someone would say, Jeffrey, why don't you take that same mindset into college football? No, sir. I got to bet that board. We got to spray the board. It's Saturday. We only get 13 of them a year. You got to fire. You got to shoot, shoot, shoot. Yeah. It, it, look, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it, it's I, it's infinitely more fun than the NFL slate, uh, even though the NFL draws more. Uh, and, and we love the NFL at a usually high rate. College football Saturday with the with the amount of games. I mean, you're going to have 50 50 games. Yeah, and, and it, like, that's the thing. Like, when you got a stinker, yeah, just go flip the channel. Go find one. Yeah, I mean, you got seven games on at 11 a.m. Yeah, 
you know, and, and you can watch them all without having to get, you know, three hundred a three hundred dollars Sunday ticket. So I, I love it. I, I think it's I think it's uh, you know this time this time of year. Now I do hate sometimes you know the, the this weekend where you have a lot of teams playing you know the West Carolinas and the New Mexico yeah. States and the Prairie. So on Saturday is what we used to call it back in the day. Yeah, yeah, they don't do that really anymore. It's not just the Southern Conference. It's it's all over the map, but that's what we have now. We are here each and every Friday night at 11 Eastern. We're also with you when you wake up all morning long on Saturday. Then once the games kick off, it's BetQLU in the action. RJ has the first four hours. I've got the second four hours. It's eight hours of in-depth college football preview and live reactions. Come join us. It's all on BetQL, and it's all available on the Odyssey app. I'm Jeffrey Wright. He's RJ Choppy. Thanks for listening to and watching BetQLU. From tailgates to rushing the field, on Saturday, it's BetQLU in the action. From noon to 8 Eastern, available on BetQL and the Odyssey app.